I can't even tell. <laughs> it's five, bro. <laughs> so yeah, what's up, man? We here with episode five of what's really going on. Um, so we're gonna get into like the food for thought for y'all or whatnot. Uh, first thing on the agenda. Uh, you had your man's uh, Ted Cricket. That's his name. Who? Cricket. The Russ Moore speaker. Roy Moore. Yeah, Cricket. his speaker or whatever. He was like Muslims. Um, they shouldn't be allowed in Congress or whatnot because they don't swear on the Bible. And uh, I watched the little video. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So he's talking to CNN's Jake Tapper. Yeah, and he's like, yeah. Oh, I didn't. You have to swear on the Bible. Uh huh. And then he's like, No, you don't. And right, it's not gives, a law. Then he gives <laughs> the. the the freaking pause face, like yeah, bro was speechless. Bro uh, was like, uh, 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 uh well, Donald uh, Trump. <laughs> and, um, well, yeah, uh, basically the dude was like, it's not a law. Donald Trump's a Christian, so yeah. Um, and then uh, this was happening, I think, like two days before the election. Um, there were a lot of calls that him and his wife were like anti-Semitic, and mm-hmm. that they were like against Jewish people. And then his wife was like, oh, there's no way I can be against. Jew, like Jewish people, my lawyer's a Jew. A Jew, that's a Jew. like. But sad. also, like, <clears throat> assuming that a Jewish person is a lawyer, that's like some know. shit. My roommate said. Well, <laughs> 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 we're not gonna get on that. Be, like that almost be like if you were on Wall Street and you were like, oh, like I met this Jewish guy. Like, oh, what does he do? Banking. Right. Like, that's like okay, bro. You being. You, you know, know stereotypical. So what's yeah. next for food for thought, bro? Uh, Keaton, y'all know about the bullying when the little <laughs> dude. Uh, his mom recorded him saying, "Oh, I get bullied. They pour milk down my back, and I have no friends." And blah blah blah. But what happened before that? Right. Uh, come to find out, bro was getting beat up for calling folks the N word, and you know, well deserved. Like that's just my opinion. And then, um, like I read an article. Uh, apparently Kimberly Jones, who is his mom or whatever, she had posted a picture holding a Confederate flag when we were like doing the whole protest thing. Um, and the post started, Dear Butthurt Americans. And then she goes to say, If you're not um, hurt or if you can still breathe, stop crying. So how you posting videos and they get 50 song, racks. Cr- Right. This man, they, they had a whole rap go fund me about it. Which I probably find offensive because shit, I got bullied. Yeah, I ain't got fifty racks in my account, but you know, because white privilege is rare. Right, <laughs> you, you get bullied uh, for calling someone the N word, and that's what's you stupid get about it. And then next, next we got uh, John Lewis. He protested uh, the Missouri uh, Civil Rights Museum opening because Trump decided to go, and I found that like ironic because the whole governor invited him. Which was stupid. Yeah. Because um, he was the first one during the inauguration. He was the first guy who was like, oh, I'm not coming. Like, mm-hmm. F this. Like, he was the one who got it, like, started. Like, he was basically the pioneer. And, like, wherever Trump's going to be, if this involved in, like, me and him, I'm not with I'm it. not coming. Yeah, that's valid. I'm um, not coming. I just think it's messed up because he actually found it, like, in 1964, the Freedom Summer uh, yeah. in Missouri, uh, Mississippi, I'm tripping. But... That's, that's kind of crazy, but the whole thing was because of the bicentennial of them being admitted into the union. I mean, the NAACP even commented that Trump shouldn't come. So. Mm, Henry did his homework. <laughs> bicentennial was breaking out the words. He did his research. You funny. Uh, the next jump is Trump kind of like shrinks two national monuments in Utah. Yeah, so. Um, yeah, so I read this actually when Henry put this in. So this is all about kind of like the indigenous rights and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. um, for those who don't know, like that's uh, like the 
Native American tribes and peoples who were given basically like land by the government, and then that's basically like it's federally recognized tribe <clears> territory. <throat> so it's basically like the Indian tribes have their own like sovereign nation. So basically, he's doing that, um, and I know that the Interior Secretary, which is like the people who manage the national parks, were like, "Oh, we might start like basically selling off some of this yeah, land." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, "What?" And I'm like, "You better, bro. Them people will will throw a mean hex on you." Yeah, bro. that's not a bad. That's a bad juicy. Fowler's suit. Yeah, that's technically their land because right, they got right. it like in the like 1820, mm-hmm. like in the 20th century. Uh, so that's crazy. And the last thing which I find is ironic because a lot of people aren't really talking about, but the Republicans, of course, they're trying to like cut us all back. They're trying to make it a federal law that uh, kind of governs over higher education uh, and it takes away like student loan forgiveness. So right. like, you know how they have like the public sector loan mm-hmm. forgiveness yeah. program to where if you work 10 years um, and you pay on you time pay, or yeah, whatever, your whole your whole time goes away. Forgiven. Um, and I think that's crazy because that's just another setback for us. Um, and they're trying to kind of cut it back to where we have eight student loan like yeah. repayment mm-hmm. options. It's going to be put, put down to two. <laughs> like it's, two. It's a 10-year plan. Then one On time or late. Yeah. And that's crazy, bro. Like, look, all of us not going to make it to the top. But the ones that, like, look, bro, let me live. Um, I mean, but that goes, like, with what they've been trying to do. Like, I mean, we talked about, like, the tax plan, like, last mm-hmm. time we talked. Like, they're trying to, like, basically say, like, oh, if you're a graduate student and you get income for working at your school, like, mm-hmm. we're going to tax you for that. And that's stupid, too. It's like, bro, they're only looking out for, like... The top percent. Cause right. Like, it's almost like, oh, like, if you got it, you don't need loan forgiveness. Right. either, like, you're paying your loans off or you just, you have the financial ability to, like, not have loans. But if you do, I mean, like, that makes it more challenging for people to, like, literally... Actually go to school to, like, and do But not only, like, stuff. to go to school, but, like, to say, like, okay people who are hampered with debt, like, if you didn't come from an affluent family or if you're, like, say, like, if you're the first person to go to college, then it, let's say if you have, if you're taking, like, maybe $20,000 out each year, you have $80,000. If you're, if you keep paying that, it's harder for you to say, like, okay, I have this college degree. Now I can actually, like, rise up economically mm-hmm. because that loan, that debt is killing you. So then you might not be able to go and get that second degree. Right. Then you have to keep paying that. You're basically paying a second mortgage just to pay off your school loan. School loan. So, and that's been a problem for years though. Uh, this like I guess the rate is continuously going up yeah. uh, of how much it costs for people to go to school. Um, and it makes it just makes it harder for an uh, average American like me or you to like thrive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean in yeah. I mean especially those who, you know, are less affluent or you know, who aren't able to have the ability to you know, either get a scholarship or else, you know, have their parents chip in to pay loans. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so what we got, man? So, I know you got a topic on net neutrality, which I'm going to let you take. <laughs> I mean, that was cheap, a big thing cheap, this week. Cheap you know, point on. I think we kind of butchered it last time. Educate and, me. And this it's really getting on my nerves, though, because a lot of people are like, oh, my God, I got to pay for internet. First of all, you that's, already paid for it. That's not how that But, works. I mean, Obama just passed this in 2015. Yeah. Um, to put it in some... Agile Pi, the like director, yeah, because he did it through the FCC, which is the government agency. Um, first of all, well, I should explain it, then put my pun in there. So basically, um, the internet they could charge you different fees for different content, or they can slow down or block like different content, right? So, like, put it in some Comcast who owns Xfinity, mm-hmm. they have a 30% like share in Hulu, right? Right, which is in direct competition with Netflix. Netflix. So Say, like, these two big companies, they're, like, in Just competition. 
Comcast, if you like, that's your service provider. They could potentially like charge you more for using Netflix, Netflix. or they could like slow slow Netflix, Netflix down, down so you try to download a show, right? And it's like we're working on it, right? And Keep that's what's on. getting on my nerves Keep though because. On. I was just watching Rosewood, <laughs> and like this junk yeah. keep low and yeah. slow, and I'm trying to figure out what the heck going on, like, right? But um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I think the problem with this though, it comes when like it plays into politics or the like larger scale yeah, of society. Like if you had a political leaning, right? You were like, oh, we support Ray Moore or yeah, Ray, like Roy Moore, like Roy Moore. I said oh, Ray. Like, yeah, like oh, um, we're gonna limit your access to like news outlets, like. Right. The Washington Post or Fox uh-huh. or you know TV one like anything like that. So then it's like we're gonna try to give. It, it's basically like companies can then pick their own favorites. Yeah, it puts the uh, I guess like the consumers trust or like our like it puts it in the hands of like bigger corporations. Yeah, bigger corporations who have who all have agendas. I mean that's why right. it's called like net neutrality because everything is supposed to be neutral, equal. Yeah, equal ground. I think you know I think saying? I think we did a good job of this. Or you. Good job, man. Cool. Um, so, <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Next, big, you know, big uh, topics, big, big facts, big topics. Uh, we're gonna continue talking about this sexual uh, harassment allegations. I kind of want to get into Trump before I like bring up the, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. about um, mm-hmm. Gabrielle. So Trump, um, I've heard from different light sources, he has anywhere pending between fifteen to nineteen accusation in the White House. Her, the speaker qualified that he don't know any of them, right? Yeah, but <laughs> they had a picture of her with yeah. So. yeah and it was crazy. Yeah. Like one of the girls was on The Apprentice, and she's the one yeah. uh, Summer Zervos or something yeah. like that. She's suing him for defamation, which is crazy. And it's a clip out right now. She he's like going on her because he interrupted yeah, 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 her yeah. or something. Yeah, it's stupid. You're loud. Yeah. I'm like, dang, bro. Um, and that's crazy. Because, like, well, it's proof that he's with at least seven of them and he knows seven. Yeah, I mean, like, I think that's, that's, I think, the part that I think that a lot of people have just kind of, like, shrugged off. I mean, I know, like, when, like, the Harvey Weinstein stuff came Mm -hmm. out and when, like, Russell Simmons, everyone was like, oh, my gosh, like, this is so, like, this is, like, um, this is huge. We have to, like, really go after these people. But I think, like, remember, like, when that Access Hollywood tape dropped, like, last year, Mm -hmm. that was, like, a, it was a big thing, but then it, Faded once he got elected. That like that's, he what, never, that's what I was about to say. So like one yeah. of the um, females there saying how like nothing really happened and she's like okay with how all the stories are coming forward yeah. now and women are speaking out blah blah blah. But nothing really happened. It just kind of got swiped under the rug. They called for a congressional hearing about it. Yeah. But nothing happened. Nothing it happened. just kind of got swiped under the rug. And then some people say this is how the whole Me Too. Um, hashtag even began if you don't know like the Me Too hashtag yeah. like women speaking out about their sexual allegations with like this anybody uh, yeah. yeah basically anybody, anybody. Um, but it started with Trump and it kind of did because even before like he was president during the whole election term a lot of women were coming forward about the stories yeah. um, I remember one was Jessica Lee where yeah, yeah, yeah. she was on yeah. the plane with him and she ba- he basically he stuck his hand up her. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, he's the one who said, like, frankly, like, grab him by the pussy. Right. <laughs> like, he did say that. And I think that that's, like, um, even though I think to most people it seems like we're re-litigating that because mm-hmm. it happened so long ago, I think it's still, like, a relevant thing. And I think he's, like, setting the standard of, like, wow, like, our president 
has had like this. multiple out like right. not even allegations. He's had multiple incidents of sexual misconduct, and, I and like other presidents have too. Like Bill right. Clinton did the same thing. Right. Like John but Kennedy. he was technically they tried to hold him accountable of it. So that's why I get like. Uh, um, confused, or but even still, yeah. I mean, yeah, like he was held accountable to it, but like with, I think it, it's not only with Trump, but it's just with like the general conversation of it. And it's not mm-hmm. like his administration, I mean, they're never like out his front with anything. Administration, so like they're ducking and dodging and everything. Like, so, like, you'll ask her, like his press secretary, and she'll be like, Well, we litigated that with the election, right? It's like, no, we didn't, right? Like, so I think that's like the conversation that we need to get into, and then, and then I then, guess the thing. I think the thing that kind of gets me about him is he condemned other people for doing for it. For doing it. So right. it's kind of like the, you know, it's like the pot calling the kettle, kettle black. black. And then yeah. even with Moore or whatever, he was like, oh, when he lost the election, he kind of tweeted, he was like, oh, well, it's not my fault you did this. Yeah, like, it's not like, that ain't me. <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, you need to watch your own stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think that was interesting. Yeah. And then, like, the comments he made against the senator, uh, yeah, Kristen. Yeah, Kristen Gillibrand from yeah. New York. Uh, she he basically was like you'll do anything for the D. <laughs> basically, like yeah, uh, so, like, you'll do anything for like my contribution, which is right. Basic. I mean, that just puts it all into perspective of not only like how he is, but I think just I don't know, like just for him to just kind of come out it like that. I think that says more of like how he thinks, but just also mm-hmm. like the type of dude. That right, and then he tweets he it is. at the like he. Like at six AM in the morning, so you Bruh, gotta wake up. Like somebody need to take control of that. To be honest, yeah. So I know uh, we talked before we recorded about um, the Gabrielle Union stuff. So I'll let you. Oh yeah, uh, so like, uh, who? If you don't know, she um, was sexually harassed or like assaulted. Basically, great. Yeah, <laughs> a few years ago, um, she took the dude to court and he was sentenced. And she, I know, like in the interview she did with the Root. Um, she said it was like the 30s. So I don't want to give an exact number because that that would be false facts. Yeah. But um, the reunion is coming up, and he's getting ready to be released. And mm-hmm. it was like over, like it was over 20 years. Yeah, ago. it was a long time. Ago. Uh, and she's saying like black women have been dealing with this in the industry for a long time, or like not even in the industry, black women, like in general, in general, like it yeah. happens within families. It happens like by your. Sisters, that's yeah. something like yeah, it everybody has. Everybody community. has a story. It's a prevalent thing, um, and she was saying like none of these, like how political people, uh, you know, what I'm saying? people in power are being yeah. held accountable. This is with like quotation or whatever. Yeah. None of this would be happening if white women wouldn't have come forward. So yeah, how do you feel about that? No, I mean, I think, I think that we can see that like throughout just kind of daily life. Like you know, it's never like I think even though this is not a fair comparison in terms of like the actual outcome of it mm-hmm. but like kind of how you know when when crack was hitting black communities and having certain drugs or when weed and stuff like that or marijuana like when certain narcotics like when certain like drug situations hit black communities it's kind of like lock them up there's no path for anything you right, get caught right, with right. a dime bag you're good like this but, weed stuff like but, people are investing into these anyway go but ahead, then go like ahead. if you talk about but now the whole conversation that, that pivots to um to opioid abuse, which is largely hitting like a lot of rural communities, uh-huh. a lot of midwestern communities, uh-huh. you know, communities where there aren't a lot of people of color. Now it's like, oh, we need to rehabilitate these people. Like we mm-hmm. need to, we. It's our, a problem. Let's fix yeah, it. Yeah, like our focus shouldn't be on actually, like, you know, taking legal action, but actually trying to help these people. So I think that that's a very similar situation. But I think that, um, and that also kind of goes into the other part of this, which I know we talked about, which is that. 
um, there hasn't really been a lot of conversation in terms of like how do we actually fix this problem on a smaller level because though it happens in the halls of power that's not every case mm-hmm. like most times like sexual assault is really prevalent in the food industry so like people who work at chain restaurants like mm-hmm. if you work at basically like any small time place where you don't have the outlet to say like if you're a if you're on the wait staff at Ruby Tuesdays and your manager either sexually harasses or assaults you, what's your how do you go up the chain with that at such either at one at such a big company, but this is like one case and you might be in a small town. Like where where's your outlet to get your justice? And I think that that's there needs to be more kind of there needs to be more of an effort in place for like local stuff to happen right. in terms of like okay we're gonna make sure that more local district attorneys have more resources to actually investigate this right. stuff and prosecute it. Right. Because until we fix that, we can always get the men at the top. Mm-hmm. But until we get the people who are your neighbors or who are down the street or who walk amongst us every day, mm-hmm. then the issue is still going to be still the, it's still gonna be the same. Exactly. I, feel, I feel the exact same way. Um, and I definitely agree people in like these local communities yeah. should have more resources. I mean, it should definitely be something that's taught. Like, as far as like these sexual education classes that yeah I mean yeah like, I mean that that's school, a big part you know yeah what I'm saying? yeah um that's something we have to be taught um because as we said last time sex is one of those topics that or like those things to one it deals with comfort and trust but it's an iffy thing. yeah and you it, can't really right. say it's in black and white like it's not right it's there. not ex- it's not yeah. like yes yeah so I, but I think that's the problem and I think that. Because I think it's so iffy, and like we've struggled talking about it, but I think that because because it's so iffy, I think that makes us struggle with how we deal with it. Uh-huh. And I think, like you said, like having more sexual education in schools, like putting it out in front of people at a young age, because it's like it's not just like it's not just like an individual problem for like a state or a region. Like it's a cultural problem. It's a court, yes. So like, how do you fix the cultural problem? Is that you like you try to change the habits of those not the only masses. Are, the masses, but right. also those who are going to become older so right. like you tried it's almost like if you tried to and i know more people like more people are trying to be like upfront about like racism and like the history of the country like if you start mm-hmm. doing that then more people will kind of have a general understanding of why different people are treated differently because like i mean if you grow up like how we grew up like you were thought like oh like american history is literally the revolution they were slavery but they got freed right, and then like right, civil right, rights right. Movement, they got more stuff <laughs> right and now we're able to black president right. yay like, right <laughs> But, like, unless we talk about, like, the actual, the actual, like, instances in between these moments, and mm-hmm. I think that we have to, we can't just start with, like, the action. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't, it's almost like if you're trying to, like, heal yourself, you don't just, like, start, like, it's almost like you don't try to, like, start living right after you break your leg. Like, you try to, like, I'm a, you know, I'm going to try to eat right, I'm going to try to do this, that, right. you try to be proactive with steps it. So, like, I think, and I think now we're still in, like, the step of trying to figure out, like, what, what the hell's yeah, going like, on. Addressing the issue. Yeah, but I think right after that, then we need to have this, like, reactive step and be proactive in terms of, like, how do we really fix this? Not just when something happens, but how do we prevent something from happening? Right, and I think a lot of things, right, not, not even, like, the sexual harassment or sexual yeah. allegation phase, um, a lot of stuff uh, with this Trump era, and I think it will actually go down in history as such, because so many, like, let's just say, how do you, I don't, brutal <laughs> topics yeah, yeah. are coming forth, from, ranging from, like, sexual sexual harassment, you have race, you have ethics, you have, like, yeah, I mean, like, actual things um, with him being president, it makes you 
discuss, like Jay Z said, it makes it a dialogue now. You're forced to talk right, about like, these yeah, things. Yeah, like we wouldn't have been forced to talk about this. Like, mm-hmm. And like not only just in general, but as like for two men sitting right, across right, right, right. a table talking about it. And I think that's it's uncomfortable as hell, but I think that's like that's the necessary step. Because, it's necessary, um, and that's when yeah. growth comes out. That's when the situation, like you're saying, is healed, yeah. or you're like you, you're, you're healing or medicating the wound at that. Yeah, yeah, because it's kind of like, and we can go, you know, I'll, I'll try to be real, you know, educated and woke before we go <laughs> to the next topic. But um, like James Baldwin said, I think he said, um, you know, like not everything that's faced can be changed, but mm-hmm. nothing can be changed without being faced. Okay, next topic. Okay, okay, let's go. Alright, so that was the perfect way to end that. Now, uh, you know, the big topic. No, I'm just playing. But yeah, the big question at hand is will Trump be impeached? You know what I'm saying? With these just Russia tampering and all this stuff going on. Uh, So, I mean, I kind of was only like interested because his lawyer said Mm -hmm. uh, the president can't obstruct justice. Ah! Shawty said swerve. The uh, water (laughs) game. Literally, I'm serious. So, like, uh, I pulled the article from thehill.com and I watched the video. If it plays right now, I apologize. But the, um, I want to get her name exactly. So that's that's that, that's what I gotta do. Hold on, real quick. Let me. Doom, 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 this, is, this is great. Yeah. Okay. All right. Wine banks or whomever. Um, that's the lawyer. She basically said the president can't uh, obstruct justice. Watergate scandal. So, yeah. how do you feel about all of this stuff? About how, will he be impeached? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's like point blank period. Like, I'll say this. Um, at this current point in time, no. Mm-hmm. Because the only thing that will make him impeach, and th- we don't know what happened. I think that after like the Flint stuff that we talked about last time, like if something happened, we will know. Like right. whether he did it or not, I'm of the mindset as of now that I think... His campaign tried to collude, but they might not have just been good at doing it. Uh-huh. And then that's kind of a dicey subject in the, in the legalistic stuff and how you go about that. But I think um, impeachment is not in terms of, like, did you commit a crime? It's a political crime. Uh-huh. Because it's not like if Trump technically broke the law, if Congress doesn't think he did, then he's fine. Mm-hmm. Or, um, like, the president has certain protections of where, like, the— House of Representatives have to impeach him. Then he's tried in the Senate. You have to get two-thirds, and it's presided by the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court. So it's, ba- it's basically a political move. Like, it's not in terms of... that room right now. Like, basically. Like, it's not, a, it's not in terms of, like, he did something wrong. Like, yes, he did, but Trump's done a thousand things wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, both morally, ethically, and legally. <laughs> like, he's actually done stuff wrong, but... He's a villain. And then um, the House of... Representatives, they had a judiciary uh, committee meeting where you can basically see like House Republicans are starting to basically put the blame on Mueller and say like, oh, this is a rig. Like, why aren't you having a special counsel to investigate the special uh-huh. counsel? Because they had like people, someone who got fired for you know saying Trump was an idiot, which is understandable. But the guy got fired. But it's a political decision, and right now the people who are in the House. Republican had a majority, so there's no way that's flying. Mm-hmm. In the Senate, it would have to be really bad because the Senate's kind of tight. It would have to be like Trump orchestrated everything. He knew the whole time. It, ha- it has right. to be like really, really bad. Mm-hmm. And we don't know that it, it could be. But my guess is that we're not 
it takes a long it's gonna take a long time for us to find that like not even that smoking gun but for us just to have a general understanding of like what the hell happened yeah I really think over the next three years uh, is gonna unravel that's literally what yeah I mean like yeah gonna be about because I mean like and you brought up like the Nixon thing like with Watergate that took a long time exactly, like that took like exactly. two plus years that, that's litigation in itself is gonna yeah, take like, a long time like the legal system itself is slow yeah and I think that we're at a like it's moving fast now. Like we've already got indictments. We've already like people are pleading yeah, guilty. Yeah, it's, it's like we're going at a good progress. place. It's, it's been definitely yeah, a pro- but like aggressive thing. It's hard to get that if you're going after the big fish. It's hard to get to it. get the big fish. You're gonna have to catch everybody in the middle. Right, right. like that's Before like basically if he gets the big fish, that means that everyone has to be just out. His whole administration, everybody's got to be involved. <laughs> like his that, like his son-in-law was calling him like, hey, come meet with Vladimir uh-huh. Putin. In the but back I of the think day, his, like, his son-in-law, the son, they got. Oh no, this sounds close. I mean, <laughs> so what's next? Uh, so the next thing is this big election in Alabama. The Democrats Woo! they win a seat. <laughs> they win the Senate seat in Alabama. Um, so the big real question is how did he really win this thing? Um, and I'm just clapping my hands and jumping for joy because black people said we're not with it. Yeah. That we're not going back. Um, as I pull up my statistics, you have twenty three percent of white men uh, voting Democratic for Jones. You have thirty two percent white women, ninety two percent black men, but then ninety seven percent black women. Mm. You know what I'm saying? They always out there. You know what I'm saying? They doing what they got to yeah. do. Uh, so there, yeah, that that's that's interesting. Um, because the funny thing about the whole Angela Wright interview on CNN, yeah. they spoke about this, um, but like the deciding factor of this was in Selma, um, mm. and April Ryan spoke toward this how as to how like um, one Obama just like recommemorate the bridge and all of yeah. that stuff recently, but two, if you take a picture of Selma and put it in black and white, it'll look exactly how it did during the 60s and stuff. So it's kind of like one ironic that Alabama um, is still in what, 2017, having this big problem to where like you Mm -hmm. have an outright racist running for a Senate seat and then you have a a Democrat who like, you're not really, whatever the case is. No, but but actually to push back on it, because I think that a part of the reason why he did so well with the black community and with blacks in Alabama was, mm-hmm. I think, twofold. One, because I think we realized, or the black, the people, the voters in Alabama, especially the black voters, realized, like, all right, this dude is crazy. Like, he's nuts. Right. Like, he's, he's worse than Trump. Like, we don't know what's popping off. He's a pedophile. Like, he did all this crazy stuff. But also, it helped because um, Doug Jones, the Democrat who won, he was a civil rights attorney. Mm-hmm. In the state of Alabama, like um, even though I think people often like say this too much, um, but it's important. He was the one who prosecuted the the bombers for the four little girls in the sixties. Oh wow! In Alabama, I didn't even know. So that. boom. Okay. So and I think when in a press conference this week, when he was saying like, "Why do you think you had such good black support?" and he was saying, "You know, one, I think it's twofold. I think it's one. They, you know, those voters saw the candidate on the other side, uh-huh. but I think also they know me." Like uh-huh. he was in, like he's been in those communities as a civil rights attorney, right. one as the prosecutor for the Birmingham stuff. But even like as you said, like when cameras weren't there, he was still doing he was work. still in those communities, which right. I think is important because I think that's also 
not to like kind of not but like to slowly pivot to like something else that's related to this i think that what the what this race says is twofold is that one um you have to have candidates who are able not only to kind of like get by and speak on our issues in terms of like as people mm-hmm. but you actually have to have people who are like knowledgeable of them and who even so like acted upon them right because about these issues like and this goes to the thing that you brought up about like the 97 percent of black women like they represent 18 percent of the electorate that's huge they voted for 97 to 3 but they like you have to give more to the black women but black people in general you have to give us something to grab mm-hmm. on to that was the, because that, you have yes. to like we have to get not even like it's not even like it's a transactional thing mm-hmm. but democrats in general they need to be aware that these voters are like the real reason why you we're exist. winning. Why, That's literally yeah. why you exist. And that kind of, I guess, goes into the next yeah, yeah, yeah. we're going into. Um, like, what was the public response? What does this mean for black people, the black vote, all of that stuff? Because uh, I guess the response on Twitter, at least, was like, not, what is going to happen? Like, people should be funding our like initiatives. People should be supporting yeah. what we believe in. People should rec- recognize that these are how democratic like people are yeah, going to play. Yeah. Um, and then like, <clears throat> yeah, we don't. We're gonna support black people. Yeah, but yeah. we're we're gonna support somebody that stands for our community, that supports our views and believes in our values. Yeah, and I think like kind of like the Doug Jones thing to add on. Like I think it's not just like supporting, but it's like what his like anybody can say like, oh, I'm for criminal justice reform, but like. Right. Either go deeper, like unpeel the onion a little bit, and go into like how you would actually do that. Mm-hmm. Because I think like it's kind of like one of those big topics that like it's like oh like the school to prison pipeline. Like okay, like you can say you want to do that, but like that within that is are like fifteen different subplots. Right, right. So like saying just like a school to prison pipeline, that's easy to say, but if you say school to prison pipeline in the literal sense, that's eighteen years. Right. So stuff is going within those eighteen years that you yeah, have to be able to divide years. and say, okay, this is one problem that you face of like, okay, in black communities there's not enough early child education. Mm-hmm. Education. Okay, while they're five through eighteen, they don't have a lot of access to grocery stores. To blank, 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 mm-hmm. blank. They're not. Their high schools aren't good enough. So are not even good enough. We're not funding their high schools so they can have the proper resources that the that the white community across town. Has. Right. So like we have to see or we have to have leaders who can actually like not even like try to come up with a solution but like actually diagnose the problem that's like everyone can say like yeah criminal justice reform is a problem but like okay what parts specifically not even specifically but like how do you see the problem because you can't you can say you want to fix it but like you can't change it until you have a good understanding of like what, what this is and what is. the problem is, exactly. Because then I think, especially with issues like our issues are complex. Like there's mm-hmm. no like a part of the reason why these issues haven't been addressed is one because people probably just don't care enough, mm-hmm. but two because they're so hard because they're so woven into exactly. the fabric of life. America. Shit. <laughs> like when you um, try to address like police brutality, that's a thing that goes back centuries. centuries. Like so, for you to try to say like, oh, I want to you know make police brutality, you know, more transparent. It's like, uh-huh. okay, that's a federal problem in terms of, like, reporting and the justice, but, like, that's also a local problem right. where it's, like, you have to fund more initiatives that get minority communities involved, but you mm-hmm. also have to change the way police act and how they're trained. And mm-hmm. So it's, like, it's stuff like lot. that. Yeah. It's more complex, like you said. I definitely agree with that. Um, 
I kind of just want to bring that because, uh, well, I put it in here. Auntie Maxine comments <laughs> on your boy. Uh, he was like, <laughs> how, basically, she was like, how many Diet Cokes to see back and back or something? Yeah, because word on the street, Trump drinks like 12 Diet Cokes a day. I mean, he looked like it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, when you're pounding Because apparently they Trump. don't make you lose weight, by the way. Zero sugar. Nah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, uh, Auntie Maxine is definitely leading the the millennial charge. Yes, <laughs> I love her so much, bro. Um, and I definitely pray and hope, like, Auntie Maxine have, um, they, Keisha just got an elected mayor in Atlanta. Yeah, Atlanta you yeah. have um, black women in politics. That's basically where I'm going. Or black people in politics. Um, and that's why I appreciate this podcast because we're b- bringing, like, that millennial view onto politics. And yeah, I mean, and I us. think, yeah, um, I mean, that's And real. I think that's what's, what, what the problem could be. Um, in a sense, because we don't have enough of us, like yeah, actual I mean, people who are involved in the urban community, who went to HBCUs, who actually support our initiatives, who care about the things we care about, who are actually involved in like the political realm, um, and that's problematic. That's why we continue to fall into all of the problems we have, and like yes, American history. But but we can do something about it. Yeah, I mean, I know, I mean, I believe it's like, you know, if you really are about trying to accomplish like a progressive or, you know, quote unquote, liberal agenda, mm-hmm. probably the first step you should try to do is one, engage black communities, exactly. but then try to elect black people, but more specifically black women. Exactly. Because if you look at like kind of any, what somebody would claim as like a progressive cause, like, okay, like Planned Parenthood issues, like um, community rights issues, civil rights issues, like ACLU stuff, the people who are rated highest in those issues are black elected officials, but more specifically, black women. Mm. Like, they're the ones who are, like, always on the side of, like, more people should have rights, these people should have access to this kind of health care. So, food for thought for people. Like, elect black women. women they'll, right. they'll, they'll come through, for, get, they'll they'll come through <laughs> for you if, you if we elect them. They'll right. come through. Unless she's Omarosa. Uh, so, Uh-oh. that kind of goes to the next. Was she fired? <laughs> Or did she resign? Um, backstory. Uh, I got my teeth from April Ryan, by the way. But no, I actually met her here in DC once. She's very cool. She, I got a signed copy of one. April Ryan or Amarosa? April Ryan. Okay, I was about to say we've been talking about this for an hour, and you just like. Nah, I got a signed copy of one of her books, uh, "The President's Voice: Black and White." It's something like yeah, that. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Um, so did she get fired or did she resign? So apparently nobody like working with her. She's a and we all knew that. I mean, um, so General Kelly and her had some back and forth over the months, um, and they were having a conversation. And per conversation, he said, "You're fired." Um, she signed a resignation letter that was supposed to relieve her January twenty something like that, um, but. They wanted her gone then. She then... I ain't going. Right. <laughs> she went on the White House premises, tried to contact Trump, all of that great stuff, and bro was like, nah. Uh, General Kelly was contacted, came to the premises, and then Secret Service had to ask her out. Would they I'll be back. Uh, <laughs> she proceeded to show her little ratchetness. I guess she did go to Howard. No, I'm just playing. Well, uh, she went to Howard, uh, but... Masters, different. Yeah, it's a difference. Uh, so... I'm sure y'all know 
My buddy told me not to play it, but I want to play the Angel Rag clip from CNN. I will put it in the text. We are not going down. Uh, but basically, Shotty was like, ah, let me be petty for a minute. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> but in summation, she was like, she's skinfo, not kinfo. Oh, and for you, because surprisingly, that a lot of really people. That Wait, if I, if I could pull my Twitter up, it was it's a famous quote by a famous Arthur Zor. I don't Thor Neil Hurston? Yeah. Lord, boy. Educational show. No, I know her name, but I wasn't uh, trying to butcher uh, my facts. So, I was trying, yeah. Anyway, point being, um, a lot of people don't know what that means. Basically, skin, you, you might be black, but that don't mean you resonate with my struggle. Um, so, I definitely think y'all should watch the whole video. I found the entire clip on uh, YouTube. It's there. Uh, I'm Marosa. I mean... You out of here. Simple, plain, easy. You fired. Oh, I guess the good thing about it, she was like one of the only, only top pay African Americans on that White House salary. It was like a hundred eight thousand years. So you know what I'm saying? Get your check. But she gonna write a book now. I mean, like that's like that's the annoying thing. And like after I say this, we could be done with this topic. It's like so annoying to talk about. But like, it's the kind of thing of like where someone like. A lot of Trump people are doing this, where it's the kind of thing of like where you do wrong stuff and then you come out, and you're like, oh, let me tell you right. how bad this like you kinda of be like, we need more diversity at the White House. What does she what does she mean by this black or civil war on black women? Like what Because that's either like, mean? okay, you can either interpret this as like it's it's either two different things. It's either one, she was really doing this and there actually does need to be more people in the White House. I mean, separately, no, like, no, separately, both, separately yeah, like, the, the second part of that statement is true. There was more diversity, but, like, were you actually pushing it? But then, like, to come out, it's kind of like you trying to, it's kind of like you trying to dance on both sides. Right. And be like, hey, black folk, I was, with I was, y'all, you won, the whole time. You wasn't even mad. Whole time, whole time. Mm-hmm. No. You don't even know. Like, I heard that she was arguing that she got the black vote. I mean, th- no. No. Any, um, no. If you're black and voted for Trump, you need to, you need to go see a psychologist. I was gonna say something very like absurd. But. Yeah, that was gonna have to maybe cut something out. Um, all right, so this can be the last uh, topic. So we'll put the Angela Rod joint up in there. Um, so actually, Henry, you put this in there. Um, so apparently, TV One canceled uh, News One Now. That was um, that was like their one. News channel, right? It's the only black news outlet, bro. Um, and I think that is crazy. Um, simply because right now in this day and age, we have so much going on, like from Kaepernick uh, to the increase of these sexual assault stories, the outrage, like biggest that are running for public office, yeah. and then you have like <laughs> our president himself, who is continuously doing something crazy. So I definitely think um, it's problematic. Um, I do know that they said it was because of financial issues. Um, so I hope TV1 is able to like get that and hash that out. They did say that they were going to like kind of try to do a revamp or whatnot. Like a weekly joint. Yeah. Um, but I definitely think that's problematic. Um, so, yeah, man. No, I mean, I think that that kind of puts to your story. And as I'm kind of, I, I just literally thought about this. I think that, you know, like what you're talking about is literally, you know, I think besides... I'm trying to think of like actual shows with actual hosts that are black. Like I know Joanne Reed, she does a pretty good show on MSNBC that's on Saturdays and Sundays from ten at ten AM. She talks about like our issues a lot. 
Um, but other than that, there's, I'm just trying to think. I mean, Don Lemon. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm like trying to think. There's like not many Our blacks who are yeah. actually like hosting a show. Mm-hmm. I mean, and one, I think that goes to like blacks in media, but also blacks in political media. Like that's two Different dicey things, things right. which are both blacks are normally underrepresented, mm-hmm. especially in black political media. That's very so the case. Right. Um, but I think that for it to be, for that to happen on TV one, I think that's really unfortunate. Very much Because so. like when you look at other, like I'm like, I think the, the, the best comparison I could make would be to something like Telemundo mm-hmm. or Univision, mm-hmm. which is, you know, the Spanish channel. Yeah. Um, like for people like from Latin America or, you know, Central America, like all that stuff. Um, they had their own program that just they had their own news program and it's specifically who are, targeted, they were specifically to, those targeted people, to those exactly, people because they exactly. know that issues of stuff like the really like the intricacies of DACA mm-hmm. aren't going to be talked about on, on regular exactly exactly so I think I think it's just really sad because I think that for us we need um, we need a program it can be weekly daily I think we need more we need not only a program but we need more voices who are going to say like okay I'm speaking to the black these people, people in the specifically black exactly. because one there's a I mean I think one I think the sad thing is that, that people might assume like there's no market for it right which and might be, it, which, which might be on TV it, which might play in the TV one thing I'm gonna give them because we don't know what their ratings were looking like well, yeah but, yeah but I think that someone truly does and I think this is on the big networks too because I think that if someone truly did. And I think Joanne Reed does it, but they kind of give her a time slot that doesn't give her the greatest audience. Mm-hmm. But I think that if people were to say, like, okay, there's a segment of the population that's not, it doesn't have to be on an informed level. I think we're doing it, we're coming at this from a very ethical perspective. Mm-hmm. But you could say, like, okay, there are these, there are a certain group of people who are not, who don't have a way to get issues that directly affect them. We had this large media conversation, or we had this large conversation about the issue in general. But what happens if we pare down and we get very specific about how this issue affects them? There's no, there's not really a market for that. Like for us, it's normally like, oh, this will affect African American. Like normally, all right, like boom, this is an exercise for you. Um, if I said, what times do you think news media in general covers an issue that specifically affects African Americans? When would you say that is? Because I have my answer kind of right off the bat. I'll say at night, like the nine o'clock news. At, but but what topics are they covering? It's only crime, boom, and that's the problem. Because they I, only boom. look, and that, that's that goes into how media and the larger America views yeah. us in society. They only see us in these stereotypical views. That's why I one put this on the agenda, and two, I find this to be problematic because we're only painted in a certain light. Right, we're only painted in a certain picture, and that causes problems to where it's police Stereotype. brutality, stereotyping. Uh, undermining me when I'm going into a job interview and I am an educated black man who graduated from the illustrious Howard University. But besides all that gas, um, <clears throat> like it just, it causes problems for black men, especially black men who are attempting to run, like m- make their mark on the world. Um, like even if I want to go into politics, I want to go into the music industry, I want to do anything you're going to, have these preconceived biases yeah towards I mean me. yeah um, and that's what I think is problematic with TV one not appealing one to a millennial audience in the sense of like connecting with them more having shows like 
106 Apart. You should have a music show on there. You should probably make it more innovative and think about different ways to like connect to a different audience. Um, and that's why I think it's too problematic that this show is getting canceled because these are one of the only shows that speaks directly, directly to, to your black issues. Yeah, I mean, because I think it's... Um, yeah, I mean, because just in the sense of crime, I think it's, it's like a local TV thing mm-hmm. where, like, if you're watching, like, you know, the Georgia's Five News or something <laughs> like that, like, you know, old person gets arrested in Buckhead or Bankhead, like, and they're going to show the mugshot. Uh-huh. Or... This black woman's wilding out front, out front of the Piggly Wiggly or some, you know, stuff like that. But then, so it's that problem on a local level, but on a national level, there's no one speaking to anything besides that because, like you said, crime, like that is not only like, okay, this person robbed a convenience store, but like, oh, this person got shot by the police and now it's a national story. So it's like, right. yeah, so like your only time of really seeing like what your issues are, and I think that's that's one. It's not understanding that that we have a different reality than most people. Mm. And I think that all constituency groups truly do have that. Um, yeah, man, I think we did. I think we did. Right, I, think, we, I, I think this is the best one yet. Yeah. <laughs> we gave y'all the tea. Let y'all know what's going on. Hit me up on Twitter at Laskin Henry. Follow a man on Instagram only. <laughs> N dot lines. Yeah, man. So we 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 actually did another one for the New Year end. So I'm sure next time we talk, it'll be. 2018, we can leave all of 2017 behind us and usher in a new year. Right, right. All right, yeah, let us know. Hit us up, and we out, man. All right, peace, y'all.